tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey there, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. It's now time to dive deep into an episode-by-episode, character-by-character, song-by-song account of the making of your favorite zip code. So sit back and relax because it's like totally time for the Beverly Hills 90210 show. All right, so uh, I got this group together today to talk a little bit about... uh, Luke Perry, today he would have been 54 years old, and it's his, uh, his birthday. Rory, um, you kind of reached out to me about your relationship with Luke. Um, yeah. Didn't even realize that you guys had known each other. Uh, how, what, how did that happen? How did you guys meet? Well, uh, I was a huge Beverly Hills 90210 slash Dylan McKay fan growing up. Um, you know, I think that character was like, you know, every – Every girl wanted him, and every guy wanted to be like him. So uh, I, I always liked him as an actor and wanted to work with him. I'm a, a documentary director, so here's Madeline. Hey, Madeline. Yeah. Um, so uh, I reached out to him to narrate a, a film that I did back in 2010, and uh, we really hit it off, and then I had him narrate another film less than a year later and then he's like hey i have some ideas about some documentaries so we wound up doing a, a short film on cincinnati red zone or march shot i don't know if you guys remember her she's kind of like this yeah, racist woman um luke was a huge baseball fan a huge sports fan so he was like really into just the whole documentary making process so we went to cincinnati and uh, i made the mistake of book- booking him a coach ticket and I, <laughs> I had asked him, I was like, hey, did anyone recognize you on the plane? And he said, only the entire uh, <laughs> um, But uh, he, and then it was funny, on the way back, I saw him trying to change his ticket. And he's, uh, he's like, it won't let me, we were at the airport in Cincinnati. And he's like, it won't let me change my ticket. I don't understand why. And I'm like, well... You're at the Delta Center and you're on an American flight. So <laughs> was, uh, you know, he wasn't the most techn- technologically sound guy, but we just um, <laughs> we just hit it off after that. He was like so uh, he was just like one of the like most kind people I've ever encountered as far as like kindness goes. Um, I always say like there's a difference between being nice and being kind, probably especially you guys can relate in Hollywood too. Like everyone's kind of nice for the most part to your face, but Luke, like kindness is in your actions over the long term. Luke was just so, um, such a kind person. And I remember on your uh, 30th anniversary uh, podcast, Peter Bernano 2.0, Josh Taylor said Dylan McKay was cool, but Luke Perry was even cooler. That's that's what I found out. Um, it was funny. Um, one of the first times we hang, hung out, we went. I went to his house, and I was so hyped up. And he was like, "Yeah, we'll go. We'll kind of pregame at my house, and then we can go out." And I was like, "Oh man, like this is going to be awesome. I'm going to hit LA. 
Dylan McKay. And uh, it's like Friday night at like 4.30 in the afternoon. And Luke comes downstairs in like these old man pajamas. Like he's got these glasses on. Like, with the croquis, with the croquis on the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like something totally fall off of his face. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, oh, my back kind of hurts. He's like, can we just, uh, can we just hang out here? And I was like, he could tell I was disappointed. And um, I was like, sure, sure. And then he knew I was kind of like a big 90210 fan, but I didn't want to like freak him out. But like now it's like a couple of years in the friendship. So I kind of let it seep out a little bit. So he's like, I'll tell you what. You can ask any question you want about mine. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm in. So we hung out and drank beers. And I remember I was asking him these questions like a super fan, you know, right. like, I didn't understand, like, why did they bring your dad back when your dad was supposed to be dead? And I'm like talking to him about this, like it's like the JFK assassination. <laughs> you know, like, and I remember he just like takes a sip of his beer and he's just like, it wasn't real, Roar. It's just a <laughs> Don't overthink it. So. It's just a show, man. Yeah. Exactly yeah. Said. It's, it's just a show. I'm but, learning that the hard way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Brian? I'm sure you've got some good ones on, on Luke, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Luke. Luke. So, so I remember going to, he had a house in, uh, God, where where was it? Like Echo Park or, or or something like that. Beautiful neighborhood. And I was super excited to go to his house to hang out. I had my my oldest son with me and we were going to go over there and he was going to swim with with Luke's kids. Um, so it was cool. I was I hadn't been. Uh, I don't remember exactly where it was. I'm blanking on the area, but uh, we pull up to his house. All of his grass is dead like completely dead. And he has a bunch of fake plastic owls everywhere on, on sticks. And he tells me, Oh, I've had a problem with crows. So I was like, oh, classic Luke. So, so then I go to buzz at his gate and the buzzer doesn't work. And he leans out the window on this from the second floor. And he's like, Oh, Hey, I'll be right down. So he comes down. He's like, Oh, the buzzer hasn't worked in like, you know, two years. Um, so, so I walk into his house with my son and all of his furniture inside of his house is all lawn furniture, everything, like all of it. He didn't want to spend, <laughs> just didn't spend any money on stuff like that. Like that just wasn't where his head was at. So yeah. he, so he, it was all lawn furniture, which was great because it was a swim day. So we didn't have to worry about like the kids being wet and coming inside. And then he had installed a zip line over his pool but it was a, it was a, there was a wood box at one end and a pole that he sort of precariously kind of uh, put up with a, with a cable that went to the other end of the pool. Same thing, box, pole. And I was sitting there thinking like, I love my child. Like, I don't know if I really want to put him on this zip line or not. Like right. it doesn't, it doesn't look like it, it meets all of the regulations of zip lining. Like it's, right. like, it's like it's up the code. Um, but uh it was a really fun day. I mean, it's Luke was Luke was a cool guy to hang out with because it was he was a real simple guy. Um, mm -hmm. But but Rory, like you said, like he was real. He 
there are people that are nice and then people that are kind, like you said, and he just, you could, you could feel his heart when you were with him. Like he was just a thousand percent with you and nothing else mattered. And, uh, and he made everyone that he ever met or, or came across feel special. Um, which is that that's such a, a rare quality, especially nowadays. Um, and Luke had that. And it's, it's not surprising to me that so many people have reached out and, and, and spoken so kindly about him and had amazing stories of him because he was, he was really an amazing person. Mm. Really. I, I feel so lucky and blessed to have um, been as close to him as I was and spent the time with him that I did and experienced him. Cause he's uh He's one of those guys at the end of it all, like I'll look back on and, and go, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy that he was in my life. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. going to bring Dan into this. Dan uh, was Luke's longtime friend, right? Yes. Hi, Madeline. We haven't said hi. hi. Or Madeline. Yeah. How are you? Good to hi, see you. I'm good. How are you guys? What about for you, Madeline? Did you, what was your experience like with Luke? It's very different than Rory and Brian because obviously I'm quite a bit younger than Luke and uh, he had been through everything I went through on my show called Riverdale. And I kind of shot to success very quickly. Like I imagine you guys did for 90210. And he was very much like a, I wouldn't say a father figure because there were parts of him that weren't fatherly at all, but it was like, he was a, he was a mentor and somebody who would, I could look to when I needed advice about anything and everything. And somebody, my travel buddy, like we'd always travel in first class together. Um, he taught me all about making sure that he's like, the one thing I'll never skimp on is first class travel. My back cannot take those good <laughs> So we'd always make our travel plans together. Um, I'd call him for literally everything and anything, script advice, acting advice, life advice. He was somebody who I could look to as an oracle through this navigating this really strange time of kind of skyrocketing into being known in the world, something he knew so well. And he taught me how to do it with grace and with humility and to walk into a room with crew members that he worked with 25 years ago and remember their names and what project he worked on with them every yeah. single time. I had never walked onto set with Luke any time without him being able to name every single crew member in that room and what their job was. And he taught me, how to conduct yourself on a big set and how to, how to be a leader on a set. And he did that time and time again. We worked with a, a nutty director once who just had, I felt like she walked in off the street. Like she had no idea what was going on. And Luke just came in and he completely took over and he handled it with such grace and kindness, but also was very firm, which is exactly what he needed to be and protected me in a scene where I had to be incredibly emotional and it seemed like she wanted me to do like 54 takes. And he walked in, he said, you get two close-ups, two wides, and a cowboy. Do it as you want. But that's what you get on her. And walked away. And that's what she did. And it still wow. worked great. He just protected us and, and really made sure that we knew how to conduct ourselves. And he was always available to us. I couldn't be more thankful to have been able to have my first project with him. You know, Madeline, he always spoke really highly of you guys. Like he... I spent a lot of time just having lunches and he talked about the set and, and you guys as a cast. And he really, really enjoyed the experience um, of that and, and loved you guys. He really loved working on the show and, and he loved yeah. all the people there. So um, we really, um, so obviously Luke, Luke um, 
I think you guys will agree with this. Like he did not go into the hierarchy of like, what's supposed to happen on a set. Right. And that really struck me at his 50th birthday party, I was sitting next to someone who was the showrunner on this TNT series. I think it was called High Crimes or True Crime. I said, well, how, how do you know Luke? And he said, well, I was a production assistant on 90210 and we've stayed friends ever since. So for that was Luke. He was friend. It didn't. He didn't care where you were on the Pantheon on uh, the movie set. When I when I worked in Vancouver, everyone there knew Luke. When I say everyone, I mean bartenders, bellhops. They all spoke so highly of him, um, and and he definitely spoke really highly of uh, you too, Madeline. I remember him mentioning you. Yeah. How about you, Dan? You knew him probably the longest of everybody here on this panel, right? Yeah. Um, I first met him. He was probably, we were probably around 12. And uh, we became friends. We went to a baseball camp together when we were 14. And uh, we're just pretty much inseparable. There were four of us. Um, from there on out, three of them went with Luke to L.A. back in, I think, the summer of 84. And uh, I went on to college and missed the whole, because um, I was on a seven-year program of college, but I missed the whole, you know, when Dylan and 90210 exploded, I was, and we didn't have cell phones then, and Luke was seemed like getting a new phone number every six months or something at the time, and um, but you know, I guess I ran around with Luke when he was, when he was Dylan's age, more or less, I got, you. You know, got to see the, 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 um, see hey, so it what, what position did he play? I'm really curious. Now, 14 is pretty, you know, that's, that's real serious hardball at that point. Well, the, play? The, the camp that we were at, the guy who ran it and talking about Luke's memory, he would bring up this guy, the guy that ran the camp, he, he'd bring up his name all the time. But uh, this particular camp, we moved every, he, everybody played every position. Now Luke was left-handed. So he, he usually played in the outfield. Um mm. In fact, there's a great one of my favorite stories about Luke. We weren't really friends yet, but uh, the whole town took notice. Uh, he was playing center field. Uh, somebody hit a hit a home run ball. Luke takes off sprinting. At some point in time, he had to have realized he had no chance in hell of catching this ball. But. I, and knowing him now, I know that he had thought this through in his head that if he ever had the opportunity, he was going to dive over the fence to try to make this catch. Well, the ball lands 20 feet behind him. He hits the ground and just rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls until he got to the ball. And, of course, he jumped up and acted like he had caught it. <laughs> Everybody in town saw it, but uh, you know that was like having Luke added that element to our childhood. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of examples that I just wasn't you know, he the mascot for your high school? Wasn't he? he was, yeah, we so Frederick Town Freddy's 
and and Luke was the Freddy bird, <laughs> uh, which I describe as a San Diego chicken suit. If you old enough to remember that, only it was uh, we were scarlet and gray, so it was like uh, like the San Diego chicken stuffed in a, a Santa Claus suit. <laughs> Jeez. That's yeah, he, and he did it. <laughs> He, uh, at one game, he had uh, his, his stepfather worked for the construction company, and the construction company had a, a jet helicopter. Well, Luke talked them into flying him into the stadium and dropped him down on the football field. I mean, <laughs> a small town of 2,000 people, and, you know, Luke's got – I heard that story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I actually played and didn't get to see it, but I, you know, it's something they talked about forever. We were in the, we were in the locker room when it happened. But yeah, let me he, share this. Uh, bring motorcycles oh, and four wheelers and stuff and ride up and down. I want to share this clip David Arquette uh, sent in for you guys. Uh, take a look, listen to this. Thanks, Pete. I'm sorry I can't be there for Luke's birthday, but happy birthday, Luke. We all miss you. We all love you. I wanted to share a quick story. When he first moved to L.A., Alexis and Luke had done a movie called uh, Terminal Bliss, Alexis, my sister. And uh, he came out and he lived at our house when he got cast in 90210. And I was on The Outsiders. Our show got canceled. His got picked up and he went on this rocket ship to stardom. But he always remained just the kindest, sweetest soul. He used to come over and move my mom's trash cans and just help with things around the house, even after he was a big star. He was always so sweet and so kind. And I just keep hearing his voice when he used to joke like, do, 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 do. <laughs> that whole thing. Uh, and uh, Norma Jean, his first pig. All the good times. He was a wonderful person. I miss him dearly. I miss him all the time. I love him. Uh, love you guys, too. Hope you're having a great show. And uh, thanks for letting me say hi. Very nice uh, stuff from David. Brian, I want to ask you, the last time, one of the times we talked about Luke, you mentioned that about hearing his voice, and David mentioned that. Um, is that a thing that you guys all sort of feel, starting with Brian, that you can hear his voice at times? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even and and even if I even if I don't, there's always that thing in my head um, when I'm in certain situations of I, I'll ask myself like how how would Luke handle this because he was he was an inspiration for me of of uh, just who he was and and the choices he would make and how he would handle situations um, and. And he's still very much a, a voice of, of conscience for me. Um, yeah, every once in a while, though, I'll 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 still hear him. I'll still hear him. He's uh, he's always around. He's always around you? in my life for sure. How about you, Madeline? Yeah, um, I also often ask myself, "What would Luke do in situations?" More often than not, uh, it's interesting. Right when he passed, they were starting to promote Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I was really struggling with losing him. And uh, they put up a giant billboard of his face right up front of my 
place and it felt like he was watching over me, I often hear him saying, hi, honey, and kissing me on the forehead like he always did. Um, I feel like he's always with me. I feel very lucky. Mm. How about you, Rory, on that? Uh, I really, um, I really used to lean on Luke talking about my kids a lot. He was like the best father I probably have ever seen as far as dealing with uh, kids. If it was something related to kids, you had his attention. In fact, um, my son was really into The Walking Dead uh, TV show, and there was like a convention, and Luke was um, friendly with the, one of the actors on the show that was on 90210. I think you had him on your show um, before, but Luke Luke had called him and, and got him to like meet my son, and then he he actually uh, texted Madeline and to to meet my son and be nice to him, and that was <laughs> yeah. You were at the it was in Chicago. Uh, some of did the I act- meet your son? You did meet my son. Oh, he had, wow. he, a picture. Uh, he was eleven <laughs> at the time, and. Uh, all his friends were jealous, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his parents cared much more that he got to meet you than anyone from The Walking Dead. <laughs> but that, was, that was Luke, and he, um, like when I went through, I went through a divorce, and uh, that first year is really tough. And Luke asked me, he's like, what are you, what are you doing for uh, Christmas? And um, I, didn't ha- I didn't have my kids that year, and He's like, why don't you come over my house for Christmas? So I, um, I went over there and there was no one there. Um, it, was just, it was just Luke and Madison, his fiance. And uh, there was like no food. And I'm like, well, what's going on, you know? And uh, I was like, where is everyone? And I could tell like um, Madison was like packing and he's like, oh yeah, man, don't worry about it. He's like, you like chili? He's like, you want me to heat up some chili for you? And, and I was like very confused. And I was like, well, where's your family? And then uh, Madison told me, oh, well, we're going to Bora Bora the next morning for like two weeks on like a big trip. And I was like, well, Luke, and Luke still hadn't packed yet. And she was kind of annoyed that he hadn't packed. So um, I was like, well, why would you? invite me over for Christmas when you have to leave the very next morning. And he said, I, he said, I just remember that feeling and I didn't want you to be alone. And that's how caring he was. Like he, he would call and check in on me and I'd hear like hubbub in the background and I'd be like, where are you? And he'd be like, oh, they're just re- doing the lighting on Riverdale. Like literally he called me from the set just to check in. And he did that with so many people. And I think Dan can attest to that too. People he grew up with, people he encountered, he had like a little list that he would check in with, with every month. Um, so I do, I struggle sometimes just wanting to call him and text him and ask him his advice on things. Cause I, I selfishly relied on his wisdom a lot. He was a really wise guy. Hmm. What about that, Dan? Were there people that he was checking in on? Oh, I, I don't know how he had the time to keep up with as many people as he, um, you know, his, after he passed and talking, reconnecting with some people, Rory and I hadn't probably talked for a while until, until he got sick and texted him back and forth. But in the immediate fall afterwards, he talked to dozens of people on a regular, I don't know. I really don't know how I had to, had the time. Um, I do. I, I, I have a, uh, Madeline might find this interesting, but uh, uh, 
a classic Luke. Um, my oldest daughter is 16 and got into Riverdale a couple of years ago. And of course, KJ Appa was the, he was the cutest boy in the world. And uh, I thought, well, uh, maybe Luke can get, get an autograph uh, picture uh, of him. Or actually, I called Luke and said, hey, can you give me the, the number of the media people that handle this kind of thing? Figuring at least I'll get a real signature instead of some, uh, you know, assistant signing them. And Luke said, no, 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 I'll take care of it. Well, I know how busy he was. And this was, you know, giving it a, a month out. So as we get closer to the to Christmas, and it was the the last Christmas he was with us, he says, no, I got a better idea. I'll have, I'll have KJ, uh, 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 record, I'll record a, a message to KJ on, on my phone and send it to her. Well, he, it never got done, but I mean, that was Luke. <laughs> well, when's her birthday? We'll do it for her birthday. Okay. <laughs> I think he, Madeline may be able to talk about this, but I think he checked in every week with KJ's parents because he was from Australia and he was like, just letting him know like he was okay. I mean. Yeah, he was from New Zealand and he would hate it if you said Australia. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, he was 18 when he started our show and he was very like new to America and it was very scary for his parents to let him go onto a show like this and move to a foreign country where he didn't know anyone and Luke really took KJ under his wing and called his parents every week to make sure that they knew that he was okay and that he was being taken care of. And this is what happened. And he was just that guy, you know, mm. he really did that. He, I, I'm amazed at how many people he calls, like still people that I meet who are like, yeah, Luke would check in on me every week. And I'm like, Luke would check in on me every week. When did he have time to sleep? When did he have time to do other projects and write these things? And he was a financial mentor to me as well. I mean, he was so frugal, right? And he just he would teach me so much about how to how to live and how to save your money and to be responsible. And he also was the biggest prankster on set. Like he really brought every piece of life to our show. And losing him has been probably the hardest thing we've ever we've ever experienced. Yeah. Did anyone ever go to his uh, place in uh, Tennessee? Yeah, KJ I, did. Yeah. What was that like? Was it a big farm? Did he have horses there? Or yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's a pretty decent sized farm. Uh, typically, there were a few, if not four to a half dozen horses, um, which the, the whole, you know, he wasn't a horse guy. <laughs> of course he loved up. his cows, too. He talked about his cows all the time. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had the pigs out there and cows. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of was a dream that he had that. You know, once he could do it, he was going to do it. And I, I think part of it was um, it offered an opportunity for us to all be together. More. Yeah. In the, in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. We would. It's a six and a half hour drive yeah. Yeah. for us from from central Ohio. And we would get together probably. I mean, a lot of our conversations was planning on the next time we were all going to get together at the farm. Um, yeah, and and that was kind of his driving thing. Uh, how, how can I get to the to the farm for a, as long as possible? Was it outside of Nashville? Where was it in Tennessee? It's about an hour uh, due due west of Nashville. Oh, yeah. okay, closer to Memphis. Real small town, and and um, 
uh, he could walk around there and not not be bothered at all. If he, you know, if he would have done it at home, people, you know, people, everyone would want to talk to him all the time and he would want to talk to all of them all the time. And so the Tennessee place worked out. That's great. Well, curious for Madeline, is there any, you mentioned that he was always great with advice. Is there one piece of advice that uh, really stands out to you? Oh boy. Um, I wouldn't even know if it was advice. It was more of like an energy he shifted uh, in me, but my first Comic-Con, obviously I'd never done anything of any size like that before. It was very stressful. Our show hadn't aired yet. And yet people were screaming my name and knew who I was. And it's a very jarring feeling to experience for the first time. And I remember Luke squeezed my shoulders and talked to whoever was kind of coordinating the event and said, I want to be paired with her for her interview. And the entire interview he would focus things towards me and pull me into the interview and almost kind of guided me through this first huge step in my career with the training wheels on. And he did that time and time again. I remember I had some weird drama on social media, not that he was ever on social media, but he, I called him being like, I don't know what to do. I feel like the world hates me. This is so stressful. And he was like, just breathe. Where are you? We're going to dinner and just dropped everything, went to dinner with me at Gotham Steakhouse down the street and just spent the entire night talking to me about how none of that shit matters <laughs> and telling me that it's just about who you are on the inside. I mean, he he always brought it back to being kind and to just being humble and to being appreciative and grateful. And that's, I think, the advice that I walked away with is that I will always carry that with me and a piece of him. Hmm. How about you, Brian? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was so much a piece of advice. Like it was, he just, he just so led by example that, um, that it shifts your way of looking at the world and appreciating the things that are around you. Like he really, he really forced you to stop and breathe for a second and and notice things that, you know, you would possibly think you needed to move too fast to see. Um, And he was, he was really aware of every of, of everything. He was really aware of the people around him. He was really aware of everyone's feelings, what might what might help them. It was it was amazing for me after he had passed, hearing all the stories of, of things that he had done for people and never spoken about. Um uh you'd always little things like always having balloons in his pocket. So when yeah. he was on a plane and and a kid was crying, he would be able to blow up a balloon just to a silence a child crying because nobody wants to hear that for a a full point, but also just to help them feel better. Um, he would, he would travel and, 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 and visit people that needed, uh, a little love and attention in hospitals. He would, I, I heard that of, uh, of an elderly man that lived on his street who he, he bought a new wheelchair for like, he would do all these really cool things and never talk about them at all because it wasn't about that. It wasn't about getting the attention for things. It was just about being a kind person and wanting the best for people. Um, and, uh, so yeah, walking away from, from that. I mean, I've known, I've known Luke forever. Um, we, we got to do a commercial together before 90210, which I met him on. It was a Dr. Pepper commercial. <laughs> and, um, and and there were probably like 25 actors in the commercial, but Luke and I just really 
clicked and got along. And so then when I saw him on set, it was cool because he, he always made you feel like, um, comfortable when he was when he was around you and so it was it was kind of a nice thing because that was you know that whole experience was as madeline knows is very it, it's a very strange uh alien sort of situation to be in and so to have somebody in it with you uh for the ride whether it's whether it's awesome and and you know and and high or or low or confusing or all of that it's he was uh, he was a cheerleader just for your life and the people around him, and um, it was cool. There's just there's not a lot of people like him. Um, I'm not surprised by by hearing all the stories that I hear from from everyone. Um, I'm not surprised to hear how many people he positively affected, because he positively affected me for sure. Mm. How about you, Rory? Anything on uh, advice or thoughts that he that's something that um well he uh we used to talk sometimes uh I felt like I was maybe more into his career than he was sometimes because <laughs> I would say like, Hey, I saw you on Body of Proof, and he'd be like, Oh yeah, how was it? Like he didn't watch. <laughs> he, um you know, he just was more into like other things, but it was really cool when he was on the, in the Tarantino movie. Because he had a real, he, he was really reinvigorated in a way. And we went out uh, for dinner and while he was working on the movie and I asked him like, well, what's it like working with Tarantino? And I guess I expected like an answer about like, he's this brilliant writer and all this stuff. But Luke was like, he's the kindest director I've ever worked with. Like that's what Luke brought up about him because yeah. he said he really made Luke feel um, his contribution meant something, you know? And, and Luke told me that people will always remember how you made them feel. And, and like Brian said, you know, like we're all here because Luke, I think made us all feel really good. Um, and, you know, and when someone passes, sometimes they're almost like eulogized as a saint. You know, and you kind of forget about maybe their indiscretions. And, you know, I mean, Luke was a real person, but he didn't have, he really didn't have any indiscretions. He really no. wasn't good and, um, and this kind. So I, I tried, I love, I really enjoy talking about him because he had such an impact on my life. Um, and um, it's, it's good for others to hear about uh, how special the person was. Yeah. Larry, you did a lot of writing for Luke Perry. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I'm envious of because I, you know, you know, I was brought up in Hollywood as don't talk to the actors if you're a writer. Don't go to the set. Don't talk to the actors. Only bad things can happen. So I, I had a professional relationship with, with Luke uh, for you know for uh, seventy four episodes, seventy four hours. So you know, we did you know work closely in that, and um, you know, he was always very challenging, which was good. I mean, when you when you had a big storyline for him, he he wanted to have some input into it, but. But at the same time, he, it was all part of the team. So it, it was exciting. I mean, it, it was challenging. And I know the one, the one thing, uh, one story I didn't really haven't told yet, because we've been talking about Luke, you know, for a, a while now. And it's just, it's been so enlightening. Um, you know, in the fifth season, you know, he was coming out of, uh, you know, we had really brought him low. We had, you know, he had ended up, you know, crashing his Porsche and into, into, uh, into, uh, into rehab and he's getting out. And, and I wanted to find a way to really nourish his soul again. And, 
one of my friends uh, from before I was a TV writer, I, my first success was at a, as a published poet. And one of the friends I met in the poetry role was Charles Bukowski, who became a good friend of mine <laughs> and his wife too. And he had passed in 93, which was hard for me because he like everyone for Luke, like, he was really an important person in my life. And I wanted, and I knew he had more books coming in and I was, I kind of was fine trying to want to help him a bit. So uh, I talked to Luke, if, you know, to see if he had really knew who Bukowski was and he had certainly heard him, but he really didn't know the, the words that much. And so I started getting him some books. And I found out in doing that was that Bukowski's wife, Linda, was a big 90210 fan. And she really wanted to come to the set. And so I, 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 I talked. I can't remember who was writing the episode, but it was an episode where um, Andrea was going to be meeting Luke after his rehab. And I wanted her to give him something. So I said, well, we're going to I said, let's let's give him a Bukowski book, you know, and we uh, and, and Luke read the poem it's a great poem called bluebird which of all ink, odd things and, and merging of worlds bukowski is on beverly hills 90210 which is an interesting thing in itself but right. he reads the point the bluebird poem which if you read the whole poem it's it's amazing but it's about all the damage you do to yourself all the whiskey or whatever but inside you there's a bluebird and no one can see it but you know it's there and you can't put that thing out it's just the kindness in somebody and he really related to it and uh, did a beautiful scene with Andrea on it. And uh, I kind of felt good because I was able to help Bukowski. And then also later in the season, we had him with another Bukowski book, I think it was Betting on the Muse. So we had Last Night of the Earth and Betting on the Muse kind of gave some cross promotion to my, my friends, but also it updated Luke's, you know, as char Dylan's character. Because one of the big things about Dylan was he was a Balzac and a Baudelaire and a Rimbaud fan. But now he was contemporary, a Bukowski fan, kind of gave him some more hip edge. And I think he appreciated that. And I was able to do yeah. something kind for my friends. There's a bluebird in my heart, wants to get out. But I pour whiskey on him and inhale cigarette smoke. All the whores and bartenders and the grocery clerks never know that he's in there. Um, I'm curious, we'll kind of wrap this up. Do you guys remember the last time that you spoke with him? Um, and I guess just what do you want everybody to know about him? We've kind of covered a lot of that, but what was it like the last time you, you spoke to him? Madeline? Sorry. Um, it was always easy to talk to Luke, and I was going through a really hard time last time we spoke, and he had actually just sent me a script that he had found for mm. us to do together. He wanted us to do a film that was a two person movie in one room. And he was like, he'd been telling me about it for months and he had just sent me this script and he was like, have you read it? Have you read it? I was like, I haven't gotten a chance yet. Like I'm going through all these things. And of course he was so invigorated by the script he wanted us to do together, but he put everything aside and sat there and listened to every little problem I had to the point where he almost missed his flight and, and helped me through what I was going through. And I think the last message I have from him um, was like two days before it happened. And he was like, I love you so much, honey. Oh. Read the damn script. <laughs> and uh, I mean, to take away from this conversation, just every day I wake up with a sense of kindness and, and humility I don't think I would have had without Luke in my life. And like Brian can attest to, like we've when you kind of go onto a show like we have, obviously they're different, but the experience is similar you can get wrapped up in all of that so, so, so easily. And I think without Luke, a lot of us would have. And he grounded us and he taught me how to conduct myself in day-to-day -day life in a way that I never would have been able to without him. Hmm. How about you, Brian? Yeah. Last conversation and some of that. Um, we, we had lunch 
like a week and a half before before he he had passed um and i i ended up oddly enough i was talking to him about some neurological stuff that i'd been coming out of and dealing with that he didn't know all the details of and um so it was it was a much more selfish meeting for me with him um but luke just had he had that ability of literally just putting everything else going on in his life aside and just completely focusing on you for however long you spent with him which uh which was amazing and and when i remember when i had first heard that uh that he had a stroke i had i had gone through really not obviously not physically similar things but i had had a lot of neurological things recently and so i thought okay well this is something then that you know knowing luke like i can i i can help him a bit with all of this and um and then finding out that that he had passed um at first i was uh, i was i was hurt by it i mean i'm still hurt hurt about it but uh you know, honestly, if, if Luke was compromised at all, um, I don't think Luke would have been happy being Luke. Um, he liked, he liked having his senses and being a hundred percent of who he could be. Uh, I think because he knew how much, um, he could, how much he could give to other people, um, and how important he could be in, in everyone's lives. And, um, and so I think for me, he went out, uh, he went out on top. Um, he was an amazing person though. I, I, I miss him dearly. I miss him dearly every day. Um, but I know he's still, I know he's still here. I know he's still looking down and I, I know, I know he's still speaking to all of us, um, in little ways daily. Um, and, and he'll forever, he's forever left an imprint on my life for sure. And, and I'm so, I'm so thankful that, that I have that, that I have that experience. Rory, what about you last time that you got to chat with him? Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had a more poignant, like final text exchange, but we went out for breakfast and he had gotten sick afterwards. And so like all our texts are about how he has like the runs. <laughs> this is my final. <laughs> Way to bring it home, Ray. <laughs> but he was just so kidding, you know? That's the truth. Um, but one nice thing that, uh, that Dan knows a little bit about is, uh, is uh, Luke introduced me to my girlfriend because um, he was trying to get me with uh, a girl that he had dated back from Ohio who had just moved from Charlotte and we just could never connect. And he would hit me up and he'd be like, have you, have you uh, texted Michelle or have you called her? And I, and uh, we just, it just never aligned, but we actually um, met at his memorial and have been together ever since. So oh, wow. one of the <laughs> nice things is uh, we get to talk about Luke all the time and, and she knew him really well. Um, so that, that's been really special for me. 
that he's kind of like in this new relationship of mine. And, and Dan knows a little bit about that. He knows yeah. me. How about for you, Dan, last time that you spoke to him and we'll wrap this up. For you. The last time that we spoke, I, 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 there's nothing interesting about it other than just two old farts BSing with each other. Um, my, I do have something I can build a little bit about of, of who Luke was and how yeah. it was in that, that period. But I had a bro I had a brother pass away in the previous December, and uh, he uh, his name Jeffrey uh, had cerebral palsy, and uh, my mother had to have him put in an institution when we were. Probably about the same time. Well, no, before I even met Luke, but uh, so he needed twenty-four hour care, and and he couldn't talk, and he was he was a the fact that he lived to be in his fifties was probably twenty years more than they had anticipated. But when I called Luke to tell him that Jeffrey had passed, Luke said the first thing out of his mouth was the world's going to miss his laugh, and it kind of struck me because. To my knowledge, Luke had never met my brother. My brother lived in an, an hour and a half away, and here he he had had my mother take him up so that he could meet Jeffrey, um, and then swore her to secrecy. He never wanted me to know it for some reason, mm. and, and he kept the secret for you know thirty some years probably. But that's just yeah. the guy that he was. He he wanted to know who my brother was. That's really beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, guys, I think we really uh, touched. I think, you know, I'm a fan of Luke. I've never met Luke, uh, but I wanted to get everybody together because of being a fan. And I think even as a fan, I still hear his voice in scenes or, uh, you know, just the, the character that you guys wrote for him and whatnot. So whether it be Riverdale or Nano Chuano, you could hear him and you can you could feel his presence when he was on screen. He was always so emotionally connected to the material, whatever project he was working on. Um, so I thank you guys all for this time and for this chat about Luke. Um, and today we remember him. So thank, hey, you, thank you. Thank you for getting us all together uh, to, to allow us to do this too. Amazing. Happy birthday to Luke, everyone. Happy birthday, Luke. Thank you, Pete. You got it, man. Thank all right, you. guys. Luke and I hit it off right from the get-go. Uh, I remember the first day I was on the set, and uh, we were kind of we were sitting there getting to know each other, uh, sitting at the, at the the picnic table after lunch. We were on vacation, and uh, we just I don't know. It was just right away, and I just I really liked him so much. I attended the, the memorial. It was it was wonderful. It was great to hear some of his old friends that he grew up with talk, and uh, and it just it fit in to the man he became as the guy I knew on uh, the day I met him on nine hundred two one zero, and uh, he was just an extraordinary guy. And uh, I, damn it, way too young, and he had a lot more things to do, both acting wise and society wise. Uh, he was a he was a class act. I I said at the time, damn, I'm starting to. I didn't realize that would happen. I'm starting to. Uh, as cool as Dylan McKay was, Luke Perry was even cooler. 
There was a goodness about him. He just had a thing about him that was incredibly special and not just as an actor, as a human being. And uh, wow, the more I talk about it, mm. the more I realize how deep that is. I remember a few scenes. I do remember one of our favorites uh, toward the end was this uh, scene where we sang, take me out to the ball game together. And uh, and we just hit, we just laughed our our behind off. that, <laughs> we would crack each other up, saying, "Take me out to the ball game." You know, <laughs> he just he was such oh man, I didn't realize. Uh, God, he was incredible. He was just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful human being. And now that I'm flashing back to the Bottom line is I came to respect him so much and I came to really consider him a friend. And even though, you know, we didn't see each other, I think we ran into each other once after that period of time. I never stopped thinking of Luke as a friend of mine. And uh, and and hopefully and I and I do probably think that that he did the same thing, but it just uh, there's a really deep, wonderful spot inside me that contains Luke Perry. It's not me they're coming out to see. It's it's this character that I play. Yeah, you know, a year ago I was shoveling asphalt, and a year from now I could be doing it again. Luke is a super supportive, loving, stand-up guy. What a genuine, classy young man. One of the gentlest souls. He was a, a very singular human being. I just adored him. He was a wonderful man. He had that quality that certain people have where when you feel like you're talking to him, he was 100% focused on you. He did not have a bad bone in his body. He was just kindest, most gracious, humble, funny. He was absolutely the best. I absolutely adored him. We got to see each other one last time. It was the same Luke, the same amazing, loving, kind, funny, crazy Luke. Luke was a writer's dream. He pushed you to do better, and then he delivered on screen. It was a wonderful collaboration. Luke just wanted to go. He wanted to go. He wanted to act. He wanted to do the, tell this story. He, you know, he was an artist and he went for it in that show. He was beautiful. He was beautiful. He loved the work. He loved being an actor and he loved finding the best he could in a scene. And, you know, he committed to things and he, and, he, and he went for it and he wasn't afraid to just go for it. He always was down to earth. He really was a serious actor. He was just so thoughtful. I mean, everything he did, he really worked on. He thought about. There was nothing casual in his work ethic. Infectious energy, you know? He was just this incredible, warm, like, generous guy. You know, I went into the makeup trailer, and Luke was there. And um, usually he and I would share some banter, we'd talk, and I could see he was already in the moment he was already preparing for yeah. what was coming up and i was like wow you know it was really really amazing and so he i think he inspired everybody around him luke was in the moment with every moment he played 
he was living and breathing this, wanting it to be something that we'd be talking about 30 years later, and he made it so. He was a really, really good actor, but being an actor, I don't think was the be all and end all of his life. He was a good man. I asked him something like, well, so, you know, what are you gonna do with uh, all this money you're making? And he said, oh, I'm gonna buy my dad a truck. Oh my God, this kid, he's so grounded. And it was just that selfless quality that he had that he wanted to celebrate everybody else's joy. While I was waiting to do my screen test with Tori that day, I was given one of the dressing rooms. As I was going in there, Luke sort of pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, I know this is like, it's pretty stressful, but you're going to kill it. It gives me shivers thinking about it, you know, that he would just take the time to do that. Luke Perry was... Um very, very friendly with me, and we, we got on very well while I was working. He was a good support. Luke, knowing his background, to be who he was, and to be as humble and kind and generous was astounding. You say his name and I hear up. He was just an incredible human being. He fought so hard to look like the guy who loved horses all the time. He wanted everybody to know he was the real guy, but he didn't need to do that because he just was the real guy. Such a lovely, charming, wonderful human being, you know? So you just, this series, like, you just miss him. Amazing. He was amazing. I know he is deeply missed by so many. He's missed. He was a really special guy. People that got a chance to know him, they're lucky. He wore his heart on his sleeve and he was a warm, kind, loving, guy had it all he was a miracle of a person when my time here is up i don't want to look back and see that i didn't do anything you know and by that i mean uh, i didn't have any effect on anything else i i see a lot of people that let their life happen to them and i want to happen to my life i don't want my life to happen to me